podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference Plus. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It is Thursday. That means we're making picks. We only have three picks episodes left for this season. I'm already getting sad about not talking to Chris and Daniel as much. I mean, every every week we talk, we text throughout the weekend as we talk about games and what's going on. And then it's not that we drift apart. You know, it's like friends going off to, to different colleges. You'll still see each other on holidays and occasions, but it's just not the same until next next football season. So I'm starting to get a little bit sentimental, starting to get a little sad. Uh, so we're going to make the most of these last three picks episodes. Of course, as I said, that's Chris and Daniel. Those are my usual Thursday guests. Daniel, of course, Daniel Alexander, our pro picker. What is up? Great to be here. Uh, thankfully, I did a little better in real life than uh, than on this pod. But uh, but hey, we're here to catch Chris and cash the beer. Let's go. Yeah, Chris, we'll, we'll get to recapping and talking about uh, how standings is going. But Chris sitting with a, a pretty nice lead right now after a very nice Ross. Chris, of course, being the LGG OG himself, Chris Ross. Uh, hey, I tried to give you guys a chance at the beginning of the season. I took it easy, let you guys jump out to a lead. But, you know, you got to bring it home. Actually, I mean, that just jinxed myself. I'm not going to do all this week at all. <laughs> all this season has told me, Chris, is that you used to put so much work into prep time and couldn't get a win. And then you just come in and wing it every week. And you just must be some sort of natural natural savant uh, when you have no prep time or no preparation, no thought process whatsoever. You just go in and, and just throw darts and you hit them. Yeah, you know, I watched it work for my wife in March Madness, you know, year after year after year, and just go with your gut, pick your favorite color, and uh, call it a day. Very good, very good. <laughs> we will recap last week in a minute. We've got some news to get to. The biggest news, the biggest news. A, first off, happy Thanksgiving. This episode coming up a day early. I know usually you're hearing this on Thursday. It's coming up on Wednesday because obviously we have Texas and Baylor on Friday. Thanksgiving holiday. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you and to yours and to your families and friends. I hope this is a, a nice holiday for you. I hope you are well. We're not going to deep dive into all of our Thanksgiving plans. Maybe we'll organically fit that in later. But I think Kansas fans have a lot to be thankful for. According to Pete Thamel of ESPN, Kansas head coach Lance Leipold has signed an extension with the Jayhawks that will keep him there through the 2029 season. Uh, This is huge news for the Kansas Jayhawks. Obviously, Lance Leipold uh, was a name who had been mentioned in connection with Wisconsin and potentially Nebraska. Uh, This this leads me to Wisconsin will be keeping uh, the current uh, interim, who is the D.C., whose name just completely escaped me. Forgive me for forgetting. It's Jim Leonard. It comes to my mind. There we go. Before I even had to finish typing in Google, I remembered it. Good job, me. Wisconsin was a job Leipold would have taken had he been offered. So I think that was the biggest threat for Kansas, the fact that he is signing this extension. And Kansas has done a lot. Uh, they, they offered an extension months and months ago 
and have continued to kind of up the ante with him to get him to stay. Kansas investing in football, working on facilities, obviously good working to build a new stadium. Uh, Kansas is investing in football, and I think that has been a big part of why Leipold is sticking around. They they are, they want him there, and they are doing everything they can in their power to keep him. And for Kansas, the biggest news is, of course, if this is the job he's keeping, then that means Wisconsin is, as is probably is believed by most, going to be retaining Jim Leonard, a current DC who they would like to be their next head coach. But it does mean he said no to Nebraska. So big news there for Kansas. I'm, I'm not like, look, Kansas hasn't had a competent head football coach in a very long time. And they knocked it out of the park with the Leipold hire. He's more than competent. It's year two, and they're going to a bowl game for the first time in more than a decade. Like this is it is the biggest win for Kansas this season. They've got six football game wins. They might have a seventh or an eighth this year. This is the biggest win the Kansas football program will have all year. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome for the Jayhawks. Even even if Leipold goes eventually here in three, four years, who knows, at least Kansas is getting something out of it. You know, they're going to get something out of that contract. And uh, I mean, that's it's just a win. It's a win for Kansas. It's been an incredible year going to a bowl game. You would like to see a coach stick around and build something there because why not? Yeah. I just, it's nice. The collection of coaches in the Big 12 is very good. It's very deep. It is. I know that there's one head coach who will probably, who's going to be out in the next few weeks or months and we'll have somebody new in place. But you look around this conference, it's a deep conference, it's a deep conference of coaches. There's still a few guys who are trying to figure some things out. We're still not entirely sure on, but it does feel like a really solid collection of head coaches in the Big 12. I'm glad to see that Kansas finally is one of the teams that has one themselves. Speaking about that uh, head coach who might is not long for his job, uh, West Virginia still looking for a new AD. Uh, according to Mike Casaza of 247, uh, two names to know are would be Oregon's Rob Mullins and Washington State's Pat Chun. Sounds like West Virginia wants a sitting Power 5 head coach. Keep an ear open this weekend and through next week. Uh, sounds like if they if one of them is the guy, uh, then uh, this should move fairly quickly. And once they have somebody in place, uh, then would be the decisions regarding uh, head coach Neil Brown's future, which is likely not long for Morgantown, and then whoever they can find uh, to take that position after he is gone. So a lot going on for West Virginia. Obviously, Neil Brown could be coaching this Saturday in, in what is likely his last game as the head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. It's going to be a very interesting Saturday. And of course, we'll talk about that game and pick it here just in a little bit. No, I mean, West Virginia... They need to act fast, right? I mean, you're coming up at the end of the season. There's already several vacancies out there. Um, big names are going to get taken up pretty quick. You're kind of in the same boat you were a few years ago when the Big 12 had four new head coaches, right? Um, the the pickings will get slim quick. And right now, your job's not even available for people to get, to consider. So whatever you're going to do, you got to do it fast. I'll say this. Last year was a just a monster season for head coaching changes. This season feels light. Look, Auburn's open, and it's believed that Lane, that Lane Kiffin will be the guy who gets that job, and if he does, then Ole Miss will come open. Colorado, Arizona State, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. Well, it sounds like Wisconsin's about to be, is going to be, get filled. Um, we don't know who Nebraska's going to get. Uh, we don't know who Arizona State or Colorado will be, although from what I have heard and understand, and I do listen to a lot of split zone duos, so a lot of shout-outs to Stephen Godfrey there, um, Tom Herman strong name for Colorado. I don't know that West Virginia's collection of candidates, they're not going to, they're, they're not competing with Auburn and I don't think they're going to be competing with Nebraska. Um, and I don't think they would be going to the same pool as Colorado, 
or Arizona State. Just based off of location, geography, uh, conference affiliation, like, I don't think they'll be the same pool. So I do think for West Virginia, this is this is a good year to make this move because there's not a ton of P5 competition at the moment that could change. We could find out that Louisville ends up opening up. It, it doesn't. It's mm-hmm. been kind of wishy washy if it does. We don't know what's going to happen at, at Purdue, and we could see another head coach firing that we don't expect in the P5. But for right now, it's pretty light. It's been a pretty light uh, string of head coaching firings. And uh, and so I do think this could be a good opportunity for West Virginia where there's not a ton of competition. So it is okay if – I know with the early signing period, I know how big that is, but that would be okay mm-hmm. for West Virginia. You want to get the AD in first. You want to let them make this decision because that's going to make both the job more enticing to an AD. That means they get to hire their guy. And that means it's more enticing to a head coach coming in knowing I've got a brand new AD. I'm going to have somebody who I should feel good is going to be here for a while and will have my back. So, But does that not also play a factor? Because you're bringing an AD who right now is not even thinking about hiring a head coach or giving any thought process to where he would start with that. Every, every sitting AD has a list of candidates. Any good... Let me phrase that. Any good sitting athletic director has a list of head coaching candidates ready to go of guys that they either have connections with, relationships with, or that they would want to hire for a job. If you are worth your salt, you have that list. So, and I get it, but if you're going to take this job, you know that that's probably something that's going to be happening. You're you're not new to this industry. You, sure. you understand what's going on. You're going to have the ability to vet. Like, I, I still think it will move with a new AD Fairly quickly. Now, it doesn't mean like a week or two. It might be three weeks, but I think that's for West Virginia. You want to get this right with the way the Big 12 is shifting and changing. It's important to get this right more than it is important to hurry. So and, and I feel like that's probably a lot of the frustrations with which one of with Shane Lyons being out is because, you know, with early signing period with you, you see why coaches are are getting canned quicker into the season. So teams can kind of get out ahead of the ahead of the curve there and figure out what they're going to do because there's, there's a lot that happens at the end of the season um, that sets you up for, you know, it, it could impact you for two, three seasons at, at the minimum. Well, we will continue to follow this as it develops. Uh, and as soon as we find out who that AD is, we will talk about it. Uh, and as soon as we hear more about coaching candidates, obviously that list won't actually begin to come out until an AD is hired and Neil Brown is no longer at West Virginia. Okay. Um, I want to break down kind of some of the tiebreaker stuff in regards to the AAC championship game, but I think we can do that when we get to the Cincinnati Tulane game. So with all of that said, we have got to recap last week. Chris, as we have teased and mentioned and hinted at, was the big winner last week going 7-2, and two, sir. Congratulations. You know, I haven't scrolled back to see if that's the best week anyone has had so far so. this year. Well, hold on. I'm going to go look. We got a, let's see, let's see. Had a 7-4. Had a six and three. I thought Daniel had a big week. I've had, I think, two really you good had, You had know, six and three and last week. I, I think seven that. and two is the best winning percentage anyone has had. We've had two six and threes. Hey, I'll take it. Your seven and two is the best one. So seven and two. Hit on Navy plus 16 and a half versus UCF. Of course, Navy pulled off the upset there. Hit on Baylor plus two and a half versus TCU. Hit on Houston plus six uh, versus ECU. Houston ran over ECU. That one unexpected. Texas minus eight and a half for, at Kansas. Hit on Oklahoma minus seven and a half versus Oklahoma State. Hit on Kansas State minus seven and a half versus West Virginia. Hit on Tulane minus three and a half versus SMU. Tulane won that one pretty handily. Missed on Temple plus 17 versus Cincinnati and missed on the over 47 and a half in Iowa State, Texas Tech. 
Not even Iowa close. State over. I'm taking an Iowa State over. What? Have you watched them this season? Uh, seven and two brings your total to 56, 54, and one. You are above 500, sir. Congratulations. If I had a sound, an applause sound effect clip I could play here, I would do so for you, but I don't have a soundboard. So I think I feel like that uh, as far as, you know, being 500 goes, that this is one of the more down seasons for us. So to get up there uh, above 500, finally at the end of the season, I feel like I've, I've just been putting together some decent weeks, nothing great, nothing bad, just some decent weeks since uh, an, an early, just got myself in a hole pretty early. But to have a breakout week, that's great. I feel like maybe it came a little too early because typically the rebound is pretty quick. And uh, so I'm not look for, looking forward to that, but I'll take I'll take the wins. I feel like uh, I was reading some games, right? The Texas, Kansas, I mean, I listen, Kansas is a great story. And I knew where you guys were going, but it just didn't feel like, like that was going to happen this year. You guys, I didn't have Kansas. Oh, well, you talked about Kansas winning it. My... Another win against Texas. I mean, it's an amazing story. Come on. I mean, like, we always want to remember that Kansas beat talk... Texas twice in football. Were you just trying to take a shot at me? I feel like he, I think he was. I think because I was on Kansas. That's rude. <laughs> take it. I took Kansas. I'm a loser. Right. God. I was uh, second God. place last week. I went five and four uh, plus or hit on Navy plus t- 16 and a half versus UCF hit on Baylor plus two and a half versus TCU hit on the over 63 and a half in Texas, Kansas. Cause I didn't take Kansas <coughs> hit on under 66 in Oklahoma, Oklahoma state hit on over 54 in Kansas state, West Virginia. That, that happened with like seven minutes left to go in the game. Uh, missed on ECU minus six versus Houston missed on temple plus 17 versus Cincinnati. Thank you temple for, for throwing, for turning the ball over four times. By the way, we all missed on temple, which I still think was the right read. We just didn't expect temple to turn the ball over four times. Uh, missed on Iowa state minus three and a half versus Texas tech. That's what I get for betting on Iowa state and missed on Yukon plus 10 versus army. That did not go my way at all. Five and four on the week, 50, 59 and two. I would just like to get back to like close to 500. So it's just not like embarrassing like I'm at right now. It's not good. Um, Speaking of embarrassing, two and seven for Daniel last week. I'm sorry. It was just, I, 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 oh, dude, I'll, I'll I'll take it. I'll own it. Here we go. Read it. Let's go. Roll call. Roll call. Hit on under 47 and a half in Iowa State, Texas Tech. Hit on, Illinois plus 18 versus Michigan. Very nice call there. Very nice one. Uh, missed on the over 53 in UCF Navy. Not even close. Missed on the over 58 in TCU Baylor. I think it was a one point off. Missed on 67, over 67 and a half in Houston ECU, which I think was like half a point off. Missed on Texas, Kansas plus nine versus Texas. Missed on Temple plus 17 versus Cincinnati. We all missed on that one. Missed on Oklahoma State plus seven and a half versus Oklahoma. And missed on the under 54 and a half. In Kansas State, West Virginia, two and seven on the week brings your total to 49, 59, and three. Big twelve, dude. The wins have been elusive. It's been a it's been a really fun season to watch it. But like I said at the beginning of the year, I'm way more into it now because of you guys, just as a fan. But uh, you know, there was there was sort of a lot of not a lot of teams. A couple teams came out of nowhere, uh, a few teams not doing as well. And you know, any numbers that you had going into the year, you could probably just throw them out. And uh, it's been challenging to get the wins. Temple screwed us. Houston, what was that? All of a sudden, they show up and they're playing defense. And it's like, we got the over in that game. Houston scores the 42 and this thing still goes under. It's like, come on, what is going on? But three weeks left, enough time to catch Chris. I got to go on a heater, but uh, let's do it. I mean, there's plenty of picks. 
left. Three three pick episodes, but but plenty of picks. All right, well then uh, we're gonna get to those picks for this week's games in just a minute. Hey, this is Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast. I host a show with my brother, Eric Steyer, and the two of us were raised in the ISU Athletic Department, as my mom has coached women's basketball for over 20 years. Our involvement didn't stop there, and I've been a radio analyst for Cyclone Women's Basketball since 2019, and Eric spent his 2018 to 2022 years as a walk-on on the men's side. We get together each week to talk about what's happening in the world of Cyclone sports, whether that be current seasons, former players, or whatever else we find to be of interest. We'd love to have you join us. The Cyclone Family Podcast. When you listen, your family. Do you think Olive Garden can sue me for that? I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well. If all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dork. So thank you and go Cougs. Are you guys ready to make some picks? Yep. Let's jump in. Let's uh... do this. All right. All right. We go in chronological order. That means we are starting on Friday. Two games on Friday that matter a lot. Texas, eight and a half point favorite versus the Baylor Bears in one of the final meetings between these two teams before Texas leaves for the SEC. Over under at 56. Texas, with a win, awaits to find out if they can get into the Big 12 title game. They will need a win and Kansas State to lose to get to Arlington. A win alone does not help them, but a win is important if they want to do so. Big game for Texas. Baylor had their opportunity. They saw the chance to continue their streak of knocking off 10-0 teams. The Big 12 slip through the uprights. TCU getting that big win last week. Chris, you are our big winner. That means you are up first, sir. What would you like? We're picking Baylor, Texas. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to look at my non-Big 12 pick while you were talking. You just keep editing this out. Okay. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. What an incredible game for the Bay. I mean, that's, oh, gosh, dang, to lose in that fashion, to come back. Not really playing for anything at this point other than pride. Texas leaving. Texas handled business. They're looking strong. They're looking good. I'm surprised efficiency favors Texas as much as it does. I mean, that is that's a lot. Daniel, what's your what's your number in this game? Um, great question. Give me three seconds here. You you keep rapping and I'll yeah. give you. I mean, it it just seems seconds. that like in my head, both these teams are fairly evenly matched. If Baylor plays up to snuff and Texas plays up to snuff, both have been kind of up and down all season. Um, but it is a pretty gut-wrenching loss. I, unless Daniel's number is just way out of line with the line here. I, I feel like Texas. No, I'm I'm seven and a half okay. Texas. So I'm right yeah. there. You know, yeah. line's right. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think – if you want to use our good friend Parker Stats of War on Twitter, his line has Texas by, what is that, 
five. Okay. And, and it's still being hung. So both those numbers are short of the line, but if that line's still sitting out there, I, I think the line is asking people to take Baylor. I'm going to take Texas. I think they win this by 10 at home. Um, just tough, tough, brutal loss for the Bears last week. Tough to bounce back from that. Uh, give me the Longhorns. Uh, before I make my pick, Daniel, do you have where where's the money and, and where are the tickets in this game? Um, we are looking We are getting at... way more competitive this week. Right out of the gate. Yeah, everyone's buckling down now. The beer's on the line. Finish line's coming up. It's like 50-50 the on beer. Both. It's a pretty lightly – yeah, it's a pretty lightly bet game, though. Um, not a lot of bets tracked yet, but 50-50 money and spread. The, the big move happened right at the open. Circa opened at a – actually, Circa opened at a six, but that that all that stuff lasted for three seconds, and uh, it was bet to seven and eight, you know, seven immediately – like within a minute of it opening and then uh and then like a few hours later smacked out to eight and a half and sort of settled there across the market i look at this game and i say texas defense has been playing well they have um the texas defense is getting better and better they're better at play on the lines both lines offensive and defensive i think still think something's wrong with the viewers i still don't think he looks right uh you look at baylor shapin's been up and down they played defensively well last week at home in a big game now you're on the road in your regular season finale texas is that feels like the right side as far as the outcome i don't like how big the line is though it's probably you know look texas covered last week i i feel more comfortable here with the total i think 56 is just a smidge low <clears throat> I do think Baylor will have some success offensively. And I do think Texas's offense at home in their finale against the Baylor defense has been a bit porous. I I think that these two teams combine for enough points to hit the over. It's a Friday night. It's a holiday weekend. It's going to be, you know, Friday night games get kind of weird and wacky. I'm taking the over in this one. I think that's, that's where I feel most comfortable here. Daniel. Um, I just want to confirm. You said Friday night. I'm seeing this thing at 9 a.m. Is, is that it not, correct it is, or not? Uh, or 9 a.m. My time. I say night. My time. It's, it's morning. It's at night well, time. Let's see. Okay. It's 11 a.m. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. No, no. I, no, I just wanted to make sure. I was like, am I in the right? Yeah, no, you're right. Here? You're okay. Right. Look, I'm, I'm I'm going opposite of you. Um. Look, you know what is Baylor going to have in the tank? I don't know. I I think Dave will have the team sort of ready to play. I don't think they're going to like roll over. I don't think this will be a Texas blowout. Uh, look, I know to you guys, this is like a gentle breeze, but, we're, you know, winds are going to be 16, 18, maybe even 20 miles an hour. A lot of it right now, it's, it's forecast to be some crosswinds. I know we're a few days out and that could change, but, you know, you're getting winds up into the high teens. We got a game sitting on a key number. It's ticked down half a percentage or excuse me. Me, uh, uh, half a half a point there on the total. So, just this feels like an end of the season. Baylor, nothing to play for. High winds, key number. Let's roll the under here. Okay, all right. You know, we battled on totals last week. I'm hoping this one goes the same way last week's did. Well, okay. I was about to if say, we you, wanna, uh, then you just wanted to keep on. You wanted I'm, to. Keep I'm good going, repeating then. last week. I'm, I'm sure I'm, you. Yes. yes. That would lock the season up for you. Um, okay. All right. 
The other game that's at the same exact time, 11 a.m. on Friday, Cincinnati facing off against Tulane. Cincinnati, a two-point favorite. This game is huge. The winner of this game between Cincinnati and Tulane will host the AAC Championship game the following week. Let me walk you through all the different scenarios for who that winner will face. If UCF beats USF, they will be the other team. The winner of Cincinnati Tulane will face UCF if UCF wins. If Cincinnati beats Tulane and USF beats UCF, it will be Cincinnati Tulane two straight weeks in a row. If Tulane beats Cincinnati and USF beats USCF, and Tulsa beats Houston, Cincinnati Tulane for a second week in a row. If it's a three-way tie, the highest ranked team that won its final game gets in. So, if it's a three-way tie, so if Tulane beats Cincinnati, USF beats UCF, and Houston beats Tulsa, we have a three-way tie, it would be, most likely, what is it, uh, Tulane, Cincinnati, and if, ah, uh, this is so confusing. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm, there, I hope there's not a test. At the yes, end of this uh, if I, two trains leave the station at the same time, one going, <laughs> look, the point is, winner of this game hosts, it's a huge game. UCF has to beat USF, and then they'll be there as well. So Cincinnati hosting Tulane. Cincinnati, a two-point favorite against the Green Wave. Uh, over under at 46 and a half. I am up first here. Ooh, man. It doesn't sa- seem like Ben Bryant is going to be the starter for Cincinnati. The quarterback situation has been an issue for them most of the season. I feel like Tulane has been very reliable until these last couple of weeks. And I I don't feel like we have been able to trust them as much as we have for most of the season. Now, look, it's it's getting late into the season. That happens. You get injuries. You get banged up. You don't have the depth that you used to. And then they turned around last week and just blew out SMU. (coughs) Tulane this year is what? One, two, three, what is it? 11 weeks. Uh, Nine and two against the spread. This would be just the third time all year they've been a dog. They won both times that they have been the dog. I like Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati would be the team to repeat and win the AAC. Their home winning streak is insane. I don't trust Cincinnati. I still feel like picking Temple plus 17 against Cincinnati was the right sign. And if it's they could play that game 10 times... Eight times out of ten, we're right in Temple covering. I think Tulane has been the better team this season than Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is very good, but I still feel like I trust Tulane better because I don't like the quarterback situation at Cincinnati. So with all of that said, I am picking Tulane to upset Cincinnati on the road and go to the AAC championship game. I will take Tulane plus two. Daniel? You should make Chris go next. <laughs> that does not seem fair. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Wait. What? What's the easiest scenario here? If Cincinnati, if Cincinnati beats Tulane, do Cincinnati and Tulane just play each other no, again next no. week? The simplest solution is the winner of this game hosts UCF beats USF. UCF's in the title game. So if UCF oh, okay. beats okay. USF. They're in the title game against the winner of this game. I mean, UCS 
freaking three touchdown favorite just about. So, okay. Okay. Look, my numbers have Tulane minus one on a neutral. And I, you know, I I just don't feel like Cincinnati's going to have some crazy home field advantage thing going on. I'm not even that big of a believer in home field advantage anymore, unless it's like really some rock star place like an LSU or Bama or something like that. Philip, let's curse Tulane, man. Let's go. Tulane plus two. I'm going to take it. God, we just get what, what a layup for Chris. <laughs> Chris, you can't take Cincinnati. You're not allowed to take Cincinnati. You're, You're required to, to take Cincinnati. I mean, the here's the thing. This this is this is tough because you know, efficiency really likes Cincinnati more than than just kind of like the, the Los Angeles Texas Baylor game. Since efficiency here is a little bit more lopsided than I kind of thought it would be. Um man. But but again, Cincinnati they they don't cover a lot. The quarterback issues, um, Tulane nine and two, also nine and two against the spread. You know they're not only they're winning, but they're they're impressing. Man, this is tough. But it would be a lot harder if you guys didn't give me the automatic win. I'll take Cincinnati. I came into this not knowing the numbers. Like I will be betting the total. And then realized that it opened at what fifty one and a half and got bet all the way down to forty six and a half. So, oh yeah, it's gotten hammered. I am not touching forty six and a half. It's too, it's too low, man. It's too low for me to. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't have the numbers on it in front of me, but you know, there's always a lot of chatter. Like, right, this is a big, meaningful game. These teams are going to be. They might be a little tight coming out in that first quarter. You know, you might want to look at a first half under or something like that. You get like a, you know a three nothing or, or a three to three kind of first quarter. Cause you know, this is, this is a big game right here for, for both of these teams. In a sense, it's sort of like the playoff to get in to the conference championship game. So on well, the winner, of the AAC has yeah. got a pretty good shot at being the, the new year, the G five new year six rep. So you're not just winning for the conference championship. You're playing this game for a conference to get to the conference championship, to host it, to win it. To go to the New Year's Six, I mean, you're Cincinnati or UCF, you want to leave winning. The, the, if you're Cincinnati, if you're the AAC, the teams that are sticking behind, you're Tulane, you're like, yeah, you know what? We'll go ahead and just beat you guys. See ya. Have fun in the Big 12. I just knocked y'all. Like, there's, it's a, man, I, I yeah. like, we're going to have to have Texas Baylor on, but I want to watch this game. Like, but the, but at the same time, at the same time for Tulane, you're sitting there and they're having a great season. It could be a very special year. Then they drop to Southern Miss. Now you got the like it feels like a little bit maybe like Tennessee where they got something going on, but in the end it's it's just a barely above average season. No, there. Do you not know like Tulane's no like, typical I, okay. history? Like you're gonna win a conference championship. You've got the win over Kansas State. You can go to the Cotton Bowl against like. Let I don't me walk know, that probably. back a bit. I was talking more on Tennessee's side about how like with all the hype. In the this end, is not, this is not, not an like, SEC podcast. You want to talk Tennessee? But we've got non Big 12 Tulane, picks coming up with all the hype. In the end, I don't think they're going to be in the title <laughs> game for the conference. And, and yes, it's still a great season for them. Like, that's not what the point of the comparison I was making. I was more trying to take a shot at Tennessee, but it didn't really work. So, in the end, shot the ball about as well as Louisville did against Texas Tech today. I played, uh, played about as well as Spencer Sanders. So, let's go with Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, speaking of Spencer Sanders, moving on down the list, we've got Oklahoma State on Saturday morning 
hosting West Virginia, the Cowboys, an eight and a half point favorite on Senior Day. Total in this one, man, that's a lot. Mostly, you see sixty fours across the board. A couple of weird numbers out there as well. Uh, Daniel, you're up first, sir. What would you like? Just what a terrible game. And like, it's. it's I just know how this is going to go. This has been the story of my year with the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State, like, how can anyone expect them to come out and win any game after what just happened? Uh, you, you know, by ten points over anybody in the Big Twelve, and they're just going to go blow West Virginia out. This is going to be like, you know, forty-eight twenty-one or something like that. Just some stupid score. God, Oklahoma State, they've just driven me crazy all year. Every time I needed bail on me, them and Dana, give me West Virginia plus eight and a half. This is this falls into the the the, the early slate money line dog spot that, that uh, we looked up at the beginning of the year. Those dogs are twenty one and twenty one with an ROI of forty nine percent this year. Just absolutely insane, blistering, performing off the charts. West Virginia is one of those dogs. Let's roll. Give me that uh, eight and a half. This there's there's actually the market's pretty wild on this one. There's seven and a half. There's eight and a half. There's eights. You don't see that too much, but this game's all over the board. Eight and a halfs there are given to me. Okay, that's good. Uh, Chris, yeah, I'm a listen. I already talked about Spencer Sanders. He didn't play great, and I'm not saying that's his fault. He is banged up, but he's not practicing during the week, and that makes it tough to have any kind of timing with your receivers and that's what was off in norman last week i sat there in the stands and watched him miss guy after miss guy after miss guy how many picks do you have last week it, it should have been four or five more the only reason he wasn't picked off is because he was so far off the throw that even the db didn't have a chance at it when they were kind of knew what oklahoma state was going to do and um, that was really rough to watch i don't know how anybody I can't bet on the Cowboys right now. I haven't been betting on them all season. Um, Picks-wise, that's been doing pretty good for me. I don't love West Virginia. I don't love this spot. I don't love this pick. I, I would never touch this game in real life. But I'm going to I'm gonna ride with Daniel. I'm going to take West Virginia, and that should give Phil the easy pick, but I bet he still doesn't take a whole mistake. I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying. I don't know how you take an Oklahoma State team by eight and a half points. I don't know. Or you understand that West Virginia might be in quit mode. They're not going to bowl game. You've got seven losses. Your season is done. Your head coach is about to to be fired. Uh, you've got guys who are already talking about they've shut down their seasons. You know they're going to be heading into the transfer portal. Charles Woods is a big one. They're playing Garrett Green. They've already said that they're playing Garrett Green in this in this game. Michael Laughlin's out. Corbin Page is transferred. Like I'm looking at the list of guys who like will be transferring out. There's some names, and that 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 list is going to keep getting longer and longer here in the next few weeks. Like I mean, I there's real, there's I real, see. I'm just saying, uh, this isn't like trying to like, this is why I should pick Oklahoma state. Like, no, 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 this you're is right. Definitely you're absolutely a, right with what you're saying. But I also feel like there's some, there's gotta be some quit on the other side too. 
I'm going to pull this little thing out and shout out to, to feels like 45, our Oklahoma state podcast. Kate and Dustin do a great job. Dustin does some incredible stuff here on the Twitter feed, uh, at feels like 45 pod, uh, with the, he wanted to see, you know, Oklahoma state's offensive line injuries and how it compares to the rest of the conference. So using, I'm going to quote, quote, using the week one official depth charts, PFF week one starters and the PFF total snap counts, pro football focus. This, he put a table together, shows the percentage of total snaps, the 2022 season played by the initial starting offensive line. So those first five guys, that was your your best offensive line. Those were your starters. Kansas, their week one starters have played 95% of the snaps. That's the best. Kansas State's at 95. Texas is at 95. Most everyone's in there to 80. Oklahoma State is dead last at 74%. That's a lot of variance. I don't think Oklahoma State as a team has quit. I'm I'm not doing quit factor here. Um, West Virginia... I'm considering quit factor. But I still think Oklahoma State's too beat up. Spencer Sanders, there's issues. I have, if you've listened to Monday's episode of my rant, I've got issues. I don't think it's just an issue of lack of practice and injuries. I also think there's a lack of creativity on the offensive play calling and continue to be offensive line problems. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think the right side is West Virginia plus eight and a half. But it also wouldn't shock me if OSU just came out on senior day against a beat-up West Virginia team who doesn't care and blew them out. Like, I don't see West Virginia blowing out. I could see West Virginia having some weird game because OSU just plays a terrible. I just, I'm going to the total because I, I don't want to touch the line. I think I think West Virginia plus eight and a half to the right side, but I could also see OSU winning this game big because West Virginia is going to have quit factor going on. Head coach is, is done. 64 is a lot of points for an Oklahoma State offense that doesn't score a ton, although a defense gives up quite a bit. Uh, a West Virginia offense, which has tended to score a lot, but has not been great at it lately. 64 feels like a lot of points. It shouldn't. The, sh- the over should be easy in this one, based off of what we've seen this season. I think that might be too many. I'm actually taking under 64 in this game because I don't like either offense at this point in the season. I don't trust either one. And I I think that might be the right side. We saw the under last week at Bedlam in a game that's usually, you know, high-scoring affair. I, I'm taking the under in this game. I think that's still just too many points. I think this total hits somewhere in the in the 50s. All right. I just, I don't, I, I wouldn't put real money on that game to, if you made me. Uh, okay. Time for our Big 12, 10 12 game of the week brought to you by Prize Picks, your place for daily fantasy over unders. We'll talk about this week's pick here in a second and how we've done this season. But our game of the week is the Sunflower Showdown, the biggest Sunflower Showdown in years. This is a big one. Kansas State wins. They are going to Arlington. We get a rematch of purple in Arlington in the Big 12 championship game with TCU. All Kansas State has to do is beat their hated in-state rivals for the, like, 200th time in a row. I'm kidding. It's not that many. It feels like it's been well. Hold on a second. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, talk while I pull up Winsipedia, which is an incredible site that I have sometimes fall down a black hole in. Because it's really fun to try and find, like, who have we never played before? Who has my team never played? Who's What's our record? Okay. 
Kansas State has on a 13-game winning streak that goes all the way back to 2009. That's a long streak. It's quite a long streak. Kansas State, a 12-point favorite. I see some 11 and a half. I see a 12 and a half. This is a little bit all over the place. Uh, Over-under of looks like 62 and a half for the most part. Uh, Chris, you're up first, sir. What would you like? Kansas is a great story. I love what they've done, but it, it feels like after the last couple of weeks that, um, you know, they they performed well and above expectations this year. They're going to go to a bowl game. But they haven't kept the last two games all that close. I mean, Texas Tech, they, they still ended up losing that by 15 points. You know, Kansas State, on the other hand, is looking really good. They smashed Baylor. They beat West Virginia on the road handedly. I like the in-state rivalry and everything, but I, I like Kansas State to get this win by by a couple scores. Uh, I'll, I, I, I feel okay laying the 12 because I do feel like this is a, a 14, 17-point win for, for the Wildcats. So I'm going to go with Kansas State at home. Daniel, I'm going to confirm with you. I see 11 and a half at Circa and win. Yeah, like no, a... no, 11 and a half is real right. right now. Yeah, that, hey, that's I'm, a real I'm just, I'm going to get you the best I can there, bud. That's Thank you. I appreciate that. We're all I'm going to need the help this week. I mean, I, I'm i not very confident in back-to-back winning weeks. It has not been profitable to bet against Kansas this season. It is not. Kansas is 7-3-1 and one against the spread. However... To Chris's note, that seven and three and one doesn't look nearly as good if you look at the last few weeks. I need things to move faster for me so that I can not have to make up time while I do research. Uh, Kansas has lost the last two against, uh, against the spread and is one and three against the spread in their last four. The only one they won was Oklahoma State. They lost it to Baylor, they lost it to Texas Tech, and they lost to Texas. They have not covered the spread in a while. Can they get the <coughs> Lance Leipold extension bump? Has this all just been because of all the, will Lance Leipold be here or be off to Wisconsin? <laughs> I can play the narrative threads. These are fun. Um, but I think Kansas State's a better team. Kansas State's going to be at home. Kansas State is one win away from Arlington. I, I think with Will Howard now as the starting quarterback, like they're they're going to win this game. It's a rivalry game. This is a good Kansas team. No, the defense isn't great, but it is a good Kansas team. Kansas State defense is very good. Um, I can't believe I'm going to do this again in a game where you should say, you should take the over. Daniel, I see 263s. Looks like win and station. What's the What's the... Biggest total I can get. Yeah, uh, 60, 62 and a half is the that's the market. Sixty two and a half. Right Sorry. It's okay. Man. Hey. Yeah. I gotta ask. Uh I'm taking the I'm, Oh no, yeah, of course. I'm taking the under. I understand what happened to me with Kansas State and West Virginia last week, and I was right on the over. Um because it was fifty four, it was too dang low. Sixty two and a half. I know Kansas puts up a lot of points. I know it's probably not a good idea to pick an under when it comes to Kansas because the defense does give up a lot. I like the under here. Um, I think this will be a closer game. I think it will be a somewhat lower scoring game because it's a rivalry game. I just, when you get to rivalry games, you really do have to kind of say, let's throw out what the season has been because it is going to be unique. 
I will take the under 62 and a half in this game. Daniel? Average score of the last 10 matchups of this game, 40 to 14, K-State. That's a beatdown. That's a decade of a beatdown. And finally, the little brother's got a chance to hang around, make some noise, maybe play spoiler. Is that right? Yeah. The cards are on the table. Big time. I hope not. I mean, we could go – we can go back to tape from three months ago. Kansas State, I've I don't know if you remember or not. I got down some real money on them to win this uh to win the Big 12. So I am rooting for them bigly this weekend. But uh let's hedge it all, dude. I gotta hedge, I gotta hedge my emotions, I gotta hedge against Chris, I gotta hedge against my futures ticket that I'm holding on K-State. I gotta ride with Kansas. Let's go. Little brother's tired of getting pushed around. They're gonna hang and bang. They're going to cover that spread. Give me the Jayhawks. I see a lot of 12s. Um, that's about the best I see. Hold on, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12s, 12s. 12s good for market okay. right now. Let's take it. you Kansas plus 12. All right. Uh, like I said, this is our prize pick game of the week. Of course, prize picks sponsor here on the show. A fantastic daily fantasy. Look, we've talked all season. The football season's about to, college football season's about to wrap up. And you're like, what? What am I going to pick? What, what, what over-unders am I going to be able to play when college football season is over? Well, guess what? World Cup's going on, and they've got World Cup. I put a real, two real picks on the World Cup. I got two unders on two guys that have one and a half goals. I was like, no, 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 no. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. I got a real, I got some real money down on this. I'm very excited. They've got college basketball, which is going right now. And I, look, they don't have any, it's day of, so you got to get in there and do it day of. They don't have any Big 12 because the Big 12 games are over today. There'll be some new ones tomorrow. But they've got NFL. They've got NBA. The NBA is going strong. They've got NHL. They've got tennis, MMA, college football, like I said. Now, look, they don't have our Game of the Week game on here because we're recording this on a Tuesday. But our over-under for the three of us, we're going to go with Xavier Worthy receiving yards. Texas wide receiver versus Baylor. Over under 60 and a half is what we're going to be uh, talking about today. Chris, what would you like here? I feel like my unders have not been paying off lately. That's been kind of hit or miss, but. Uh, so I'm going to take an over. Why not? Okay. Daniel? That's okay. under all the way. That's way too. Like I said, under. Uh, I, I will note 60 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this season, Xavier Worthy has only hit that four times this year. Uh, he did it against Alabama back in week two. He did it at home uh, versus uh, West Virginia. He did it versus Iowa State, and he did it at Oklahoma State. Otherwise, he hasn't really come all that close to 60 and a half. So I, too, am going to take an under here. It's been a little bit all over the place for us lately. The over hit last week. I was the only one who picked the over on, on Dylan Gabriel. Um, the under hit the week before that. The over hit the week before that. The over hit the week before that. And then we had a run of unders going back to the beginning of the season. Um, it's, it's been a little less consistent lately. So this will certainly be interesting. By the way, I have our record in these. Um, Daniel and I both have seven correct picks. Chris has one correct – or six correct picks. Sorry, one correct pick. Six correct picks. So uh, if you want to play along with us at home, download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and you get a 100% deposit match up to one. 
$100. So again, if you put a dollar in, they'll give you a dollar to play with. If you put in $100, they'll give you $100 to play with and everything in between. It is a ton of fun. The payouts are quite good. They come very quickly. And they got tons of over-unders you can just, uh, you can put uh, wagers down on. Like I said, receiving yards, passing yards, rushing yards, uh, pass plus rush in football. Uh, what did I do? Uh, I told you World Cup going on right now. What are my two? Hold on. Let me pull up and see if I have my actual injuries. I have under one and a half goals for both Alvaro Morado of Spain and under one and a half goals for uh, Richarlison of Brazil. Those are both, uh, well, one of those is Wednesday, one is Thursday. Those are my two there. I'm very excited. So go download the Prize Picks app. Use that promo code Network Twelve. One hundred percent deposit match up to hundred dollars, and uh, and have some fun. Very, I'm I'm really excited about this one. I'm I was just like, well, I'm gonna do a World Cup one because because I'm watching it. Why not have some fun with it? All right, moving down our list. TCU is already locked for Arlington, but they have a lot to play for. The latest college football playoff uh, poll has them still at number four. Ahead of them is Georgia. And two teams in Michigan and Ohio State they're going to play this week. TCU needs to stay undefeated realistically to get there. They've got to keep winning. But continuing to win means they could move all the way up from four to three, which is a big deal to get that two, three versus the one, four. Big game at home against Iowa State. Poor Iowa State, who we've talked quite a bit about here on the podcast as of late and, and their struggles one and six and one score games this season. Oof, so bad. Uh, TCU a ten point favorite at home. Over under at forty seven and a half. Uh, I believe I'm up first here. Ugh. Every game with TCU this season has just been weird. They got to come from behind like every week. They got to literally run out there with seconds on the clock to kick a game winning field goal and look as cool as cucumbers, despite everybody else absolutely losing their minds and feeling like everything is chaotic. Uh, if you haven't listened to the the uh, the Birdine call, the the TCU radio, it is just like, and they're gonna get out there, and they're gonna line up, and they kick the field goal, and the field goal's good. Like it is just the most like it does not line up with what you're watching. It's it's so good. <sighs> I'm not I'm not doing the like Iowa State. Could, no, TCU's gonna win. My question is, do they win by ten? Should they win by ten? Yes. Um, but they've just every game this season has been as weird as possible for them. Can you trust TCU to win a game by two scores and not be in a weird sort of game with Iowa State late where it's closer than it should be, but TCU pulls away or comes from behind? I ugh, I've bet a bunch of totals on this podcast so far with everything they have in front of them. With how important this game is, I'm taking TCU minus 10. Like Iowa State's been in all these close games. That's great. I don't think they're going to be in a close game here. Uh, their season, they're not going bowling. I think there's going to end up being too many six and six teams for them to even have to fill any sort of open spot. Uh, this is just, they're just playing for spoiler now. That's all they've got left uh, before an offseason that could be very interesting in Ames. I'll take TCU minus 10. I honestly hope that they win this one comfortably because, again, I want to see TCU in the playoff. I want to see the Big 12 represented there. Uh, let's just, TCU minus 10. Daniel? I agree. I hope TC makes the playoff just to shake it up, right? It's fun. This is going to be what week 10 in a row that TCU has to now take the field and play. Hopefully, you know, a live dog. We'll see. Um, finally caught up to them. They didn't cover last week versus Baylor. That short line, the entire world was on them. They couldn't cover it. I am rolling with Iowa state this week, 10th game in a row for TCU. This game is just, it has every single angle 
uh, lit possible for like low total road, road dogs, low total conference dogs, spread differential dogs where, you know, just there's not enough implied points for TCU to go cover the double digits like that. Iowa State is live. I love that we get a 10. You hold your nose, you put the hazmat suit on, and you just pray that you're going to cover this number against an undefeated team that's going for the playoffs. Right? Week for the for the conference championship, they're in it. Maybe they can take their foot off the pedal, pedal a little bit. It's like, you know, they're up 14 or 16 or something like that. Iowa State gets the ball at the end of the game. Maybe that back door's there. Iowa State's covering plus 10. Let's go. Game. The last time TCU was sitting in a spot to potentially go to the playoff, they blew out Iowa State and then dropped two spots uh, because from fourth to sixth. Uh, Chris, <laughs> what was you like, man? Man, this is tough. There's a lot of pressure on me now. You're on, you're on TCU. Daniel's on Iowa State. Ha ha ha. Who do I want to jinx? <laughs> who who do I want to give a win to? Uh Man, TCU. I said this last week. I said if they get by Baylor, which I thought Baylor was going to win that game. Uh, if they get by Baylor, then they're not going to lose to Iowa State because they, they're they not going to take – listen, like Daniel said, 10 weeks in a row, just a gauntlet of games, um, a brutal, brutal stretch. They're not going to take off now, not with it all right in front of them. Now, did they played a little tight, a little worried, a little whatever – Maybe, but it's at home. You're not on the road. You're not at Jack Trice. That that helps. Because on paper, Daniel, what's your number in this? Did you did you say? Um, pull that up for you right now. I, I was surprised to see it at ten. I'll say that. I, I thought that I first instinct is that's a little low. Why is it low? Uh that scares me a little bit. Uh yeah, my number's yeah, twelve. So um because again, Iowa State's not really playing for anything. Bowl eligibility is not a possibility. So this is uh, unless uh, it's uh, by academic means. I forget the acronym. Um, the IARP, but that's yeah. only if there are spots left. And as as of today, not all the bowl spots are filled. But it's looking very likely, based off of the number of teams who just need one more win, that there won't be a five and seven spot available. There, at best, there's going to maybe be one or two. So for Iowa State, it's literally just about playing spoiler. I don't know if that's enough on the road to get the win. Oh, but I do not want to be in this two v one thing. I definitely don't want to be responsible for jinxing the Longhorns. And I got in trouble. My uh, my blatant miss last week was taking Iowa State to cover uh, a total. So I'm going to go under the 47 and a half. I think. As we sit here and talk, Chris, I think you're I think you're on the right side. I, I might put some real money down the under in this one. But TC's offense is so bad. It's just it's just awful. Well, it's just, and not only that, but I think they're just going to try to get out of this game clean, right? If if they get a lead, um. They they don't have a reason to run up the score. I think that, I think getting out of there with a win will be the bigger issue and just run the clock as much as they can. Well, if you're Iowa State, if you're if you're Iowa State and you're going to pull this game with upset off, it's not going to be a high scoring one. No, it's, no. If you're on Iowa State, you're on the under because there's no way Iowa State's winning this in some like offense is just 
killing it against a TCU defense who plays really well, especially in the second half. I just it's going to be a. Low it, I mean, it, it concerns me that the the total is ten because I feel like that's inviting a lot of money on TCU. And why does Vegas want that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, another game with the title game implications. UCF going on the road to USF. It's the battle. It's the war on I four. And what could be the last ga- time this game is played for a very long time because it will have to be scheduled in the non-conference and there has not been any news regarding UCF and USF scheduling any non-conference series. I hope they do because obviously it's a rivalry game. It's an in-state thing. Like, figure it out, Hades. Figure it out. Uh, UCF, a 19.5 point favorite. Goodness gracious sakes alive. That's a lot of points. Uh, over under at, I see some 69s. Nice. And a bunch of 69s and a half. We can discuss that if anyone wants that. Daniel, you are up first, or what would you like? I'm rolling with uh, Spaceman here, man. Uh, all the way. This is a, a classic spot that I built out a few years ago. I played every single year. Late in the season, you get these big faves with big totals. Okay, there's so many implied points here that Vegas has given this game. These big favorites are going to be able to cover that. The key to this is that the team they're playing in is, uh, is a bad team. It's a little arbitrary, but, I, but I'm but i looking at teams that have only won 33% of the games or less. And then I've got, uh, you know, some numbers I, I can't totally give out here. You just get to a point with uh, total and big spreads late in the season. You're playing these really bad teams. And these big favorites cover it. You know, you, you don't go win every game. Uh, this year it's 12-7. and seven. Historically, this is hitting against the spread at 57%. I love this spot for UCF. I think they're going to run it up on South Florida one last time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I pretty much agree with it. Everything you just said, um, it, it really feels like I, I don't see South Florida doing much. I mean, it is a rivalry, but UCF coming off the loss. That I mean, they're they know what they got to do. They know if they want to play for the conference title, they just have to take care of business here, and that's all they can do. And I think they do it. I think they win this by three scores, 19 and a half. I think they can get that sc- that covered. Uh, I'm going to take a gamble that Philip doesn't pick opposite us, but I'm going to ride with you, Daniel. Or Philip, yeah. I'm going to ride with Daniel and bet that Philip doesn't go with us. Or hope. I shouldn't say bet. Hope. U- bet. USF is you, you one. You all get it. Whatever. USF is one in ten. <laughs> They're... He, got to yeah. the, he got to the finish line of yeah, that. I stumbled across. <laughs> but look, this USF is hosting this game. It's in Tampa. USF is one in ten, and it's not like a oh they're just unlucky. They're not. They're not good. Like they're just not good. They're four and seven against the spread this season. Ah, like Central Florida has to win, and they are in to the AAC title game. They blew it last week against Navy. Like they were going to host. All they do is win their last two against a bad Navy team and a bad South Florida, and they're going to host. They go and completely screw the pooch against Navy. This is the last time this rivalry game is going to be played for a probably a little while. They should win this handily. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to doom us all. We're all doomed. We're all going with UCF minus 19 and a half. Because Let's ride, I, boys. Let's go. It's got it. There's just... And I get it. It's a rivalry game, and we should treat it like a rivalry game. And every time we agree, it goes horribly wrong. Let's see. I can record this season when we all agree. Let me find some. Um, no, no. I got it right here. I got it right here. 0-17. Oh, is it really? 
<laughs> Let's see. It's uh, like it. 0 and like 1, it. 0 and 2, 0 and 3. It, it's like a 75%, something like that. I mean, I think we've won with it before, but it does not happen a lot. Oh, we're 0 and 4 this season when we all picked yeah. the exact same thing. So I mean, it's, 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 it's right? It's, it's the classic. It's the classic fade the public spot, right? When all three of us sit there and yeah. agree, it's like when you're sitting in the bar and everyone says, oh, there's no way that yeah. you know X teams isn't going to win this thing. Classic Listeners, spot. go put some money down on USF plus 19 and a half right now. We're 0 and 4. Now they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win straight <laughs> up now. We're 0 and 4 this year. I think we, We've had success in the past. Not this year, but we're going to do it. All right. Uh, another future Big 12 team, Houston. Look, there, there is basically nothing they can do, even if they win and have a three-way tiebreaker, to get to the AAC title game. They're just, they're out of it. They are. Um, sorry, Houston. This is going to be your year, and you screwed the pooch. Um, I don't know what to say. We'll see you in the Big 12 next year. Houston will be going to a bowl game this week, though. They are a 12-point favorite over Tulsa at home in Houston. Uh, over under uh, total is at 67. I don't know whose turn it is. Chris, it's your turn. Aha. All right. Hey, you know what? After all season, I've not been able to win for lose with a Houston game. I won Houston, Houston covered. And, uh, and did they, and I'm going to reward them for that. I'm going to ride with them again. I don't think Tulsa is very good. I've, Houston's they're starting to roll. I mean, late in the season, but they, they finally figured something out here. Uh, under two scores at home. I'll uh, I'll reward Houston for last week's performance and uh, ride with them again. Oh man, it's really hard to go with Houston. Yeah, they look. They destroyed ECU last week. It was a surprising outcome. In part because of what we've seen from Houston, but the other part is just what we'd seen from ECU. On the road, too. On the road. And here's the deal. It's uh, it Houston's first win against the spread in four weeks. It's been a while since they had won one. This is a bad Tulsa team. They're not very good. Uh, the future of Philip Montgomery, head coach there, is up in the air. From what I understand, there's a bit of an internal battle as to whether to keep him or not. And that just has to do a lot with not wanting to pay a buyout. And there's some who just like the guy, and I get it. You know, yada, yada, yada. This is a might be a big game for him. It might help him keep his job. For Houston, you just want to save face and say, well, we we tied the two other teams and tied the same record as one of the teams who went to the title game. So here we are. I, Tulsa is 2-8-1 and one against the spread. Houston's 4-7. and seven. Both of these teams are bad when it comes to that. I don't like Houston feels like the right side, but man, that total is high. That is 67. Good grief. Started up at what? 64 and a half. It got bet up. Houston is nine and two to the over. Tulsa six and five to the over. That is a big total. I'm doing it. I'm taking under 67. That's too many points. Uh, I don't think Tulsa's offense will do a lot. I think Houston's offense will. I think Tulsa. No, I don't. I don't. I don't have a reason. I got nothing. I don't know right on this game. Daniel, what do you want? And you talk about of like most of the teams in college football this year. They've Houston has just been so frustrating. And I get to actually come on this pod every week and talk about it. 
give me give me Tulane. I hate Houston so much Tulsa. this year. I hate Dana. You don't even care uh, they're playing. Tulsa, excuse me. Uh, yeah. All right. Give me Tulsa. Give me give me the twelve. Give me Tulsa. Just Houston's literally just the most ridiculous team in their weekly performances. I have no idea how they'll play. I don't know how they're going to perform. I don't know if the defense is going to shut out a super efficient offense or if the defense is going to let a terrible offense put up 38 points. So uh, just as a, an editor's note here, I'm, I'm changing my pick. I'm taking the over. Um, I have no idea what to do here. I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to take the over and they'll score 66 points and I'll be annoyed that I switched my pick, but that's okay. Uh, all right. Oklahoma and Texas tech, both teams, both eligible, both looking for a seventh win. There's a big one in Lubbock. It doesn't have a big impact on the season, but I mean, it's an exciting game. Did you know that Texas Tech has never beaten Oklahoma and Texas in the same season? Ever. Texas Tech beat Texas earlier in the year. Now they get to end the regular season, have senior day at home against Oklahoma, and are a two-point dog, the Sooners' two-point favorite over-under at 63 and a half. Oh, it's me! Ugh! OU has been getting better as the season has progressed. But Texas Tech is an agent of chaos at home in Lubbock. What time is this game? Uh, let's see. 6.30 oh, your time. Oh, nighttime? 4.30 out in the west. Yeah. Uh, I think OU is probably the right side here. I feel like my gut and my head are both just like staring at each other in some weird, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think OU is the right side here, so I should probably take Oklahoma minus two. But I'm going to take Texas Tech at home. Agent of chaos. Never beaten both Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. West Virginia had never beaten Oklahoma since they joined the Big 12, and they pulled it off this year. I think Texas Tech is going to break their streak against Oklahoma. This Oklahoma team has been playing better. They got a win in Bedlam last week. I will, I'll take Texas Tech. I don't know why. I'm just going to. Plus two. Daniel? It's going to be a fun matchup. You're right. You know, both both teams, bowl eligible now, going for the seventh win. Uh, Oklahoma cashed their season-long underwin total a few weeks ago. So sorry, anyone who took Oklahoma wins over. I'm riding with the over in this particular matchup. Texas Tech, they've been going over. They've gone over five of the last six at home. Uh, in this series, I mean, I don't know why this is just funny to me. In the series, last seven times, uh, Oklahoma's been the road team. The game's gone over. I know that has no bearing on the game coming up, but, you know, just something in the water when Oklahoma rolls into town. Both these offenses been doing a little bit better, both averaging sort of like right around 33 points on offense per year each. Total just feels a touch low. Night game, it's going to get weird. Over. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why you look at this in your gut says Oklahoma, Philip, because after <laughs> – I mean, the the I'm still scarred from last week's first quarter. That was, I mean, they were on pace for like 200 points in that game. It's uh, yet did nothing. Yet somehow, Spencer Sanders couldn't find a receiver, and Oklahoma State still made this game close. We and, get it. You're mad. OSU lost. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I mean, actually, honestly, that that's that stuff really never bothers me a whole lot. Um. How you perform versus expectations is what bothers me more. Uh, but still, Oklahoma State made that a game in the end, and there were a lot of Sooner fans in that stadium that were pretty nervous in the fourth quarter. And that's saying something 
how that game started, especially when Oklahoma State outgained Oklahoma in that game. So I feel like some of our gut instinct is probably just the logo on the helmet and who we're used to Oklahoma being. But who Oklahoma is this season is not very good. They just got a really bad Oklahoma State team. I mean, they lost to West Virginia. They lost to Baylor. I mean, the Baylor game was close. But on the road, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders are more than capable to get this win. I like I like Texas Tech. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the same side as you, Philip. I, I'm taking Texas Tech. I, I think they get this win. I like it. Okay. Congrats to Oklahoma on their victory. Uh <laughs> last non Big Twelve pick, future Big Twelve member, BYU. Already bowl eligible with their sixth win, but now they're going on the road to a Pac-12 team and face Stanford on the road. BYU a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the over-under in this one is okay, not like the backward. Uh, 58, 57-and-a-half, depending upon where you shop. Daniel, you're up first, sir. What would you like? A lot of listeners probably don't follow Stanford too closely in how their season's been going, but uh, they are really uh, limping into this spot here. Stanford in this last month – just absolutely pathetic on offense. 13 points against UCLA, four, or 15 against Arizona State, 14 against Wazoo, 7 against Utah. And then last week, they get up for the big rivalry game, the big game, and um, they're playing Cal. Stanford's up 17-6 to six in the fourth quarter, and they lose the game in regulation 27-20. to 20, Complete meltdown. The season's over for these guys. I, I feel like they're going to hit the field. Just no energy, no emotion. Bottom totally fell out on the one bright spot they could have had last week. BYU has been playing a little better. Beat Boise State straight up as dogs. Blew out Dixie State last week. Line feels just a little short, six and a half. BYU covers this. Give it to me all day. You, you said the line feels short. Is it short? Well, just looking at that, like I said, does feel it now. The numbers here, seven. Yeah, my line's minus nine and a half. Because I, I agree with everything you're saying. But part of me can't get over the fact that, that BYU just kind of disappeared the second half of the season. Like, they've been just a non-factor. And they're up and down play. And as bad as Sanford is, they're at home. Anything can happen. Efficiency doesn't have them that much of a dog to, to BYU. I mean, I, I feel like this could be like a if BYU wins, it could be like a three point game. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be. Oh man, I don't know. You know, if it, if it was over the if it was over the score, I'd probably take Stanford. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take BYU in this. BYU minus six and a half. Yeah, this because it feels like it's going to be right there at that that touchdown mark, and that's the wrong side. So I'll I'll take BYU to cover. Okay, uh, Daniel. I think BYU wins this game, but I I get it. Um, I also think there's a real chance that this is uh, Stanford head coach uh, David Shaw's last game as the head coach. Uh, they will not fire him. He will get to step down when he wants to, uh, but he will be relocated to a different position within the administration and athletic department. Uh, just, just as a heads up. Um, this might be his last game. I think BYU is this right side, but... I get the hesitation with the six and a half. So, Daniel, I see some 58s. Is that the biggest number I can get, or is it all 57 and a half? I bet online. It's 57 and a half. Sorry, man. Okay. All right. I mean, are you going over or under? Under. 
Oh uh, yeah, fifty-seven and a half. If you said over, I would have given you fifty-eight. You would give me over fifty-eight, but I can't have the under. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's you—that's that's bass backwards, buddy. Uh, I'll take the under fifty-seven and a half. I don't think Stanford does a whole lot on offense. Um, BYU'll do some. Their offense has been an issue. I think the under is the right side in this one. I think BYU is the right side, but I just. It's uh, BYU was down like six nothing. They trailed against Utah Tech early, like they blew them out in the end. But I just have a hard time with BYU and 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 trusting them right now. Uh, one thing I do trust is that if I place my home, order for home field apparel now, it will be in my possession in time to box, wrap, and gift on Christmas morning. It's. I mean, can you think of a better gift than the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel to the college football, college basketball, college softball, college sports fan in your life? I can't. Their sweaters are incredibly comfortable. The t-shirts are amazing. The joggers are awesome. If you just want to wear the super comfy hoodies and, and joggers, you can go to the core collection and get those. Whatever you want to buy, do it now. Homefield Black sale, Friday sale goes until november 27th 20 percent off the entire site with code black friday doesn't matter if it's your first time your second time third time whatever it is this is homefield apparel's annual biggest deal of the year biggest discount they offer all year is 20 percent off everything on the site okay if things sell out they're out I'm done before the before this promotion is over so black friday that's the code 20% off the entire site runs till November 27th. So go get your stuff. Finish off your Christmas shopping list. Get a little something for yourself. Save 20% off of the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel. Do not forget they have every current and future Big 12 team available. And this stuff is incredible. I wear mine all week. I come home from work. I take off a button off. I throw on a home field shirt. And it is comfy. It just is. Be rocking the most comfortable college sports apparel Vintage college sports apparel, this college football, basketball, and wrestling season. Yeah, I slipped that in there. It's wrestling season, folks. It's time. All right, last pick of the week, non-Big 12 pick. Uh, Chris, I think. I, I can start it. If, I, if I, you guys I, need no, to I have mine. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. I can, oh, okay. All right, well, I mean, I'll, I'll, Chris, do you need a minute? It won't matter. Okay, well, well I've, got, I've got mine. I'm going to go. Um Chris, I'm taking a, I'm taking a page out of your your favorite book this week. Uh, I'm taking a team that's going to be on their backup quarterback and would explain why they are a 13 and a half point dog, but I don't think that they should be. Now, look, I'm going to give full credit for this pick because I did a little digging and I like it, but I didn't find it on my own. Our good friend uh, Parker Fleming, who goes on the Bet US show, is one of the ones he had talked about, and he kind of helped convince me. That I liked the pick. So did the rest of the guys there on that show. It's a great show. I, listen, I watch it or listen to it on YouTube while I'm at work. I plug my phones in. Uh, I'm taking Coastal Carolina plus 13 and a half against James Madison. Uh, I think I just it's just too much. And I know why. Again, Coastal's on their backup quarterback. It's all about the quarterback. He's the only reason that they're any good. No, I think Jamie Chadwell will have themselves a game plan drawn up against JMU that will be effective. And I think JMU is very good this season, but Coastal Carolina is also playing for something. Like, they have one loss. There is a realistic shot 
that they could end up, if they win out, they beat JMU, they win the Sun Belt, that they could end up ahead of the AAC champion and be the team that gets the New Year's Six berth. It's not, it's not a done deal. It's not for sure, but there is an op- opportunity for that to happen depending upon who wins the AAC. So Coastal Carolina's got a lot to play for here because, again, right now, playoff rankings, they are they're not ranked. They're in the AP. And so just it's just something to keep an eye on. I will take Coastal plus 13.5 versus JMU. Daniel, what would you like? I'm going to give you some uh, Thanksgiving fun. Let's roll. The Egg Bowl <laughs> is going down Thursday night. Um, now, this will be a fun one. Another full disclosure, I bet real money. Uh, I got a little under 62.5 and under 62 when I could. Uh, look, this is a, still a real deal rivalry. These teams play hard. We're going to have some uh, – it's supposed to be actively raining. 80% chance of rain right now that night. It's going to be a wet field. Uh, you know, everyone thinks Leach just throws it all over the place the whole time. No, he'll he'll get into the run, and you know, and he'll, he'll grind that clock out. This game also, too, it's gone under eight of the last ten times they've played each other. It's gone under every time with uh, Leach and Kiffin. This game's going under, man. It's got the weather. It's got the rivalry. It's got the line move already. It's got the historical spot. Cash me. Under 59. All right. You got it. Daniel? Or sorry, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. So I've said before, there's a few factors that I look at when I pick games and I, I kind of have my criteria and then, you know, I filter out the games that meet that criteria and then I kind of go from there. Well, the number one game that meets that that criteria is out in the MAC. Ohio State to cover the five and a half over Bowling Green. It is such a great pick. They've already done it. So, you mean Ohio? Cash Ohio. <laughs> Ohio had <laughs> just beat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would take it, but it, it's that game has gone final 38 to 14. They were my number one. So now I go to my number two. Well, my number two is Cincinnati and Tulane. So, uh, we've already done that one. And after that, there really was not much that met my criteria that I like to look for this week. It, it's just I, I had a hard time finding any game that I really liked. Um, so much so when Phillips started talking about Coastal, I considered it. But I'm just going to throw a dart at the dartboard. One other game kind of met that criteria. I st- One thing I don't like to stay in the Power Five. I feel like the lines are just too good. In, in the power five, I like to stick to the group of five, but I'm going to have to get outside of my comfort zone with this one. I'm going to take Penn state at home to cover the 18 against Michigan state. Penn state is eight and three against the spread. Michigan state is three, six and two, a little bit of value there. Um, it's a big number. I'm not crazy about that, but Penn state, I mean, they could cover it. They've done it. So give me the Nittany Lions. Very good. All right. I like it. All right, guys, it's been fun. Uh, very excited to watch the games this weekend. Nice holiday weekend. Everybody, enjoy your weekend with family and friends, however you're going to celebrate, uh, whether it's Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving. If you're alone, uh, you just want to 
you know, we, we don't want to hear about that. We know it's going to be tough during the holidays. Uh, do our, our DMs are open on Twitter at 1012network. We've got a Discord if you want to hop into. We'll be talking about games. You just have somebody to connect to and chat to if you if you like. The link for that Discord will be in the show notes. We'd love to have you in there. Is there a picks channel in there? There needs to be. A picks? Yeah. There's not. We can, I can, Yeah, we should do that. I'll talk to the Discord overlord, Jamie Steyer Johnson, to see if she can create a picks channel for us. Uh, we can get something dropped in there. Um, of course, like I said, we're on Twitter at 1012network. Daniel is on Twitter at DannerB7. He's got the Slack chat if you want to go talk some, some betting and picks. There's some 1012 listeners who are in there. Chris is on Twitter at Chris Ross Sports. He doesn't tweet much, but that's okay. He'll tell you all you want to know about disc golf, if that's something that you're into. Uh Chris is uh, Chris is in that in that world. Hey, in my defense, if rumors are true, nobody's going to be tweeting much here soon. I I have not found an alternative other than Discord. <laughs> I've, been, I've been told Hive is a hopping. I'm like, okay, I'll just take a break from social for a little bit. We got an Instagram in case things do go wrong at ten twelve pod. I'll get to post it on it again. Uh, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your holiday. Be happy, be full. Like I said, if you need someone to talk to, we're here. Uh, We'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to championship weekend next Saturday. Podcast Network.